I thought, wow, I'd love to take the girls to Europe, but how on earth do we do that, right, with a wheelchair? So when I have those thoughts, I prove myself wrong. Gonna take over doubt, we gon' make it. Show the world that it's shining our greatness. Keep it real, never gon' fake this. So we make it, so we make it. Taking off land high like a spaceship. All right, welcome back, everybody. This is Danny from Shake the Earth Podcast. I appreciate you being with us today. We've got a really, really cool and uh, amazing guest, Rachel Coleman. She's a creator and host of Signing Time. I have checked out your website because mm-hmm. I didn't really know a whole lot about it before then. You are quite the busy bee. <laughs> You've got a lot of projects. I don't even think it reflects everything that I'm actually doing. Most of the time it isn't, but from yeah. what I saw, you have a lot going on. Now you have a company mm-hmm. that focuses on education, training, and doing it with sign language. Yeah, so as a, a children's media company is really what it started out as. My sister and I created it together 18 years ago. She called me and said, do you wanna make a video about music and teach kids all about music? I come from a pretty musical family, and so does she, <laughs> since she's my sibling. <laughs> and I, at the time, with what I was going through, I said, no, I, I, had, I, I had swore off music. I said, I'm not a musician, I'm not a singer, and I'm not a songwriter anymore. I don't want to do music. I want to I teach sign language. And that was because um, we, had just the, we had just found out, oh, well, we had found out three years prior that our, my husband and our, my first daughter, Leah, was born profoundly deaf. So we found out when she was a year old, 14 months old, that she was profoundly deaf. And prior to that, I was doing music and playing in a folk rock band and writing songs. What are the chances? Like you come from a musical family and your daughter, did you know something was was wrong immediately? No, I didn't know for 14 months. Wow. Yeah, I didn't know. So how did you find out? Well, so her name is Leah. Um, My husband is Aaron and uh, we got married. We had Leah and she was great. She was super quirky, like... You know, like but kids are. Yeah, kids are quirky. And um, we went in for her one year will baby visit and the doctor said, how's her vision? And I said, it's great. Like she picks stuff up off the floor and eats it, you know, like it's, it's great. And he said, um, what about her hearing? And I said, well, it's kind of weird because half the time she totally ignores me. He's like, that's pretty normal for a one year old. Right. And then as we were leaving, he said, Rachel, what about her speech? And that's where I kind of felt like I'd failed as a mom. I was like, oh, of course he had to ask. I said, no, she doesn't have any words. And he's like, I know, but mama and dada, I said, no, nothing. She has this really high pitch, very happy shriek, but it's wearing. Like it's an all day long, we would call her our little pterodactyl because it was just this high pitch And that's her way of trying to communicate, right? Well, and also feeling her vocal cords, like, you know, it felt like something to her. Wow. Yeah. And so I said, you know, in the grocery store, when people see a baby in the cart, they come up and they say, hi, and she will look right at them and mimic their expression, raise her eyebrows, smile and mouth the word hi back to them, but she doesn't make any sound. And he was like, what? And I said, do it. You know, so the doctor comes up to her. He's like, hi. And sure enough, she looks right back at him, mouths the word hi with perfect expression, but not no air, no voice, nothing. He says, well, that's kind of weird. I mean, but if she doesn't start talking by 15 months, we'll look into it then. This was 18 years ago? Or how long ago was this? Yeah. Well, Leah's 21. Wow. Leah is 21. So 20 years ago, my story began. And and upon finding out that your child is... 
Deaf. Is deaf. You can say deaf. People are always like kind of tripped out. Like, can we say deaf? Should we say hearing impaired? And it's actually the preferred term is deaf. Is deaf. Yeah, deaf people say, we don't want to be called impaired. We're deaf. Okay. And so it, we all, like hearing people feel kind of like, oh, careful. Yeah, you don't, yeah, you don't, you don't know. You don't and so I always tell people, no, deaf is not offensive. Hearing impaired, we think it sounds softer, gentler. But for the deaf community, they don't prefer that at all. They said, we don't want to be referred to as impaired. Interesting. Well, that's yeah. a nuance that I would have never guessed. <laughs> that's so I appreciate I always, you telling me. I always share it. <laughs> yeah. So, so you, you find out she's deaf. Yeah. What is that? Leaving the office that day, what do you think? Oh my gosh. Well, I didn't even, that day I didn't know. I went to, you know, another week went by and I was at band practice. My mom had Leah for the evening and I came back to my mom's place and she said, come in, but don't let Leah see you and call her name. And I knew. So I came up behind her. She's a year old. I said, Leah. Leah and absolutely Nothing. no response. So I went home that night. The next day called the doctor said she's she can't hear anything and we took her in and it still took it took months. It was two more months before we finally got the diagnosis. Like it was official diagnosis. Official diagnosis was at 14 months. So we took her in for a one year visit and two months later. Wow, what took so long? appointments, wait lists. I learned really quickly to just say, Hey, put me on your cancellation list. Like even if, even if it's a 15 minute window, I can get here. So just different um, procedures. They put her on antibiotics because she had fluid in her ears and they thought, well, maybe that's it. Maybe. And it wasn't, you know, the, the antibiotics resolved the fluid, but she couldn't hear. Then we had to wait another two weeks for an appointment. Yeah. It was just on and on. And finally, Finally, her ear, nose, and throat doctor said severe to profound. He said she has a severe. Did they, did they ever know loss. what the cause was? No, and you know that's a it's a good question because you know I've I've mentored and worked a lot with a lot of parents with children with various disabilities, and one of the things that I had to get early on. Because I was like, well, why? Okay, why is she deaf? Like, who can I blame? Can, who can we sue? Sure, yeah. Is it my fault? Is it my husband's fault? Is it genetic? You know, and. There was just a day where someone said, Rachel, there is no why. Leah's deaf because Leah's deaf. And I still struggled with that internally because I wanted to be mad at somebody. Yeah, you wanted some closure or at least somebody to blame. Yeah, and it, and it was actually really useful because in so many, so many times in our lives, there's nobody to blame. There's just, this is the circumstance that you have. Now, what are you going to do with it? Or even if there is somebody to blame, the, the lesson is you, you, you can't do anything. Yeah, about, it doesn't right? change it. Doesn't it. Change it's your not going to change your circumstances. Right? Okay, so once you did realize, yeah, I'm assuming you you start extrapolating this. My my daughter is going to have issues the rest of her life. Oh, she's going to be special needs yeah. in some sense. She's going to be well, made fun of. She's not going to have. You start imagining. So what I did is I thought back to high school, and in my high school there was a group of deaf kids and. I always wanted to try to communicate with them, and I never did. I wanted to. I was like, man, but I wasn't brave enough. I wasn't the kid that was brave enough. And that haunted me. Mm. When I found out she was deaf, I was like, oh, my gosh, how do I help all of those kids get brave? Like, I wasn't brave. (laughs) Is there a way that I can do that? So that was one piece that I was looking at, like, wow, I know what her experience is going to be because there's going to be a bunch of kids like me. And that breaks your heart. Who didn't have the guts to even try. And then the other thing that happens, like, in a moment of upset or when you get a diagnosis like that is you may make up a bunch of stuff. She's never gonna, I'm never gonna, and it is totally made up. Like I thought that her hopes and dreams had just been dashed. They weren't even hers. She was a year old. She didn't have hopes and dreams yet. They were my hopes and dreams for her that probably as she grew up, wouldn't be a match for what she wanted anyway. 
you know. Do you have other children? So four years later, um, when Leah was very much on her way, you know, we, we had learned American Sign Language and she was just rocking and rolling. She could out communicate her hearing peers. They're pointing and whining and she would be signing, Mom, I'd like goldfish crackers and a chocolate milk and I will be waiting on the sofa watching TV. I mean, all in sign language wow. when she's a two-year-old. So when by the time she was three, we said, let's have another baby. Maybe it'll be deaf. That would be awesome because we're really good at this. Ha. Huh? And... Um, <laughs> Went in for my 18-week ultrasound and found out that Lucy was coming to us with spina bifida, which is a neural tube defect and meant she would have paralysis and probably never walk. And yeah, so... It, that, One blow after another. Yeah, it really felt like that. Now, to give a, a, a little piece of perspective, you know, the day we found out that Leah was deaf... She's 14 months old. We'd spent 14 months with this child and thought we knew her so well. I was embarrassed, like, oh, my gosh, I'm a stay-at-home mom. This is my first child, and this whole time it was lost on me that she's profoundly deaf. It was embarrassing, you know. But that day, my husband Aaron and I, we were just sitting on our bed, and we were crying and crying and crying. And I said, she's never heard a song that I've sung. She never heard a story that I read. And we got a gift that day, and it really – it it altered our lives from that day forward. And the gift was, we looked over and Leah, cute little chubby 14-month-old Leah, curly red hair and freckles, has got her hands on the side of the bed and she's just looking at me and my husband with the most concern in her eyes, like, parents, what happened? Because we're just inconsolable. We're crying. She's deaf, you know? And I stopped and I thought, if we could even tell her, what would we say? You're deaf and you've been deaf probably your whole life. And we just found out, like, what would we say to her? And then I thought, what if nothing she didn't already know? She'd be like, yeah, you guys, thanks for catching on folks, you know? And it was kind of this funny moment to look at it from her perspective and think, well, what if she's right? What if her perspective is right? There's nothing wrong. I've always been deaf. I've just been waiting for you guys to catch up. And now there's something for the grownups here to learn. And we did. We were like, oh, it Isn't felt that interesting. That's an interesting perspective. It felt like a leap of faith. Yeah. It was like, what if we take on Leah's perspective that there's nothing wrong? She's always been deaf. It's just the way it is. And now we need to learn something. And so we did. We learned American Sign Language and we taught her American Sign Language. So then... Four years later, I'm pregnant with Lucy, and they say, your baby has hydrocephalus, she has water on her brain, she has spina bifida, she'll probably never walk, and she'll use a wheelchair, and we go home and cry. And I'm sitting on the bed crying with my husband, and I said, this is exactly how it felt when we found out Leah was deaf. And then I stopped, and I rewound, you know, hit the rewind button to four years prior and remembered Leah's little face. And I thought, oh my gosh, could it be like, could it be the same thing that we just need to take on Lucy's perspective that there's nothing wrong? She just has spina bifida. She'll just use a wheelchair. It's how she's always been and it's how she'll always be. And maybe the grownups here need to learn something new. And we, that is, that is how we've lived our lives. So she, how, how old is Lucy? Lucy's now 18. She's 18. She graduated from high school just last June with a regular diploma. She is a wheelchair user. Um, when she was nine months old, she was also diagnosed with cerebral palsy. And so that's a, it's a 
like a natural brain injury. And so um, it's difficult for her to use her fine motor skills. She can talk. She is also fluent in sign language, but she'll say, I'm awake. And we go in and pick her up and get her dressed and brush her teeth and put her in her wheelchair. She has a power chair and then she takes off and, you know, does her thing. She volunteers at the high school, works with special ed kids, volunteers at the local aquarium. Pretty amazing kid. You have gone through some pretty intense yeah. experiences. Yeah. Which which typically a normal pregnancy or a normal baby, uh, you know, the, a parent to a normal child won't ever experience. Yeah. And from all appearances, you're very strong. Hmm. You're very confident. <laughs> you're you're very, you you have a, a an elevated level of perspective. Is that learned? Oh, that is that is, is that achieved. Years? That is achieved through years. I mean, there were many years where I, I just was like, "Are you kidding me? This isn't even fair." Or, you know, and not that it's not fair to me. I just felt like it wasn't fair to Lucy. You yeah. know, how unfair to Lucy that this is the way she lives her life. And, you know, we did know early enough that, and we lived in Los Angeles, and the doctors were like, you know, you don't have to do this. You don't have to have this child. You already have in, one in with a disability. Yeah. Basically insinuating abortion. Of course. They were every week they would ask me. They would say, Rachel, you don't have to do this. Did you ever consider it? No, I never did. I, I just. Uh, my upbringing and just, I mean, it's not a, like even a religious thing. It's simply, I wanted to be a mom and I was willing to be a mom of whatever kind of kids I got. Now you want to go a little crazier. This, <laughs> when I was 17 years old, a senior in high school, I had a baby girl that I placed for adoption. Okay. So, and she had no disabilities. So I had a, it's, you know, my senior year I got pregnant, placed, placed her for adoption. Um, and, you know, at that point, I thought, wow, this is the hardest thing that I'm ever going to do in my life. Now, four years later, I have a deaf baby and I think, oh, my gosh, maybe this is the hardest thing I'm ever going to do in my life. And then four years later, we find out Lucy's disabilities are coming. And I think, wow, you know what? There is no hard part. Life is just hard. And for probably 12 years, I lived my life inside of that context that my life is hard. And you know, law of attraction, if you will, or whatever, I caused it. Like everything was hard. Every time I'd put a wheelchair in the car, I was like, this is so hard. This is so hard. And there came a day where I caught myself and I noticed how often I said my life is hard. And I thought, what if you're, what if you are saying it and that is causing it? And so I just, again, another leap of faith. I was like, okay, I'm not going to say that anymore. I'm going to say something else. And every time I'd catch myself saying, God, this is so hard, I'd stop and say, no. You know, if it is true that what we say creates our reality, Mm -hmm. I'm going to say something empowering. So 12 years I lived inside of saying my life is hard. When I caught myself, I started saying, no, my life is an unexpected adventure. Now, this is only probably eight years ago. And anyone who knows me, they see that as a line of demarcation. Nobody knew what happened, but there was a, a, a very real shift, a shift in my marriage, you. in yeah. myself, in my outlook at life, in my relationships with friends and family, with my children. Um, that was, no, this isn't hard. If I'm going to call my life something, then I'm going to call it something that's empowering, that, that pulls me out of bed, that pulls me into action every day. And what I call my life is an unexpected adventure, and it is. It's almost like that quote, and I think it's Henry Ford that says, where you think you can or can't, you're right. Yes. 
right? Yeah. And, and, and it's not that you're saying it's hard is causing it to be hard. It's your perspective everything and your was, mentality. Everything was filtered yes. through how it's hard. Yeah. So that's just how I looked at the world was what was harder for me than for other people that I have to use sign language and push a wheelchair and have a service dog or whatever was it, you know, whatever it was. And then we're so obvious when we go out in the world, my family with the wheelchairs and the sign language that I also felt like, you know, people were like, oh my gosh, is your kid deaf? Like I thought, oh, do I have to teach everybody about everything? And I, and I stopped resisting that as well. And that really is what our company is about. It's about teaching everybody about everything that has to do with kids with disabilities. It's what, what's your, uh, share your website again. The so URL. signingtime.com, signingtime.com is our main website. And we, all of our shows, I mean, it's been an 18 year career from making one little video, not about music, right? One little video about sign language, um, to three different, we're about to launch tonight. We premiere our fourth series. Like we have signing time, we have baby signing time, we have a show called Rachel and the Tree Schoolers. It's all science and and everything has music. So for for all I knew that I could (laughs) never do music again, I was wrong. Tonight we premiere on Facebook, actually, Rachel and Me, a new show. And that show will be available on demand. We have a player and that is through mysigningtime.com. All of our shows are there, but a weekly show. So this is is fascinating because I would assume... 20 years ago, 25 years ago, as you were going through life, you're like, there's no chance that this is going to be my future. I'm going to be having kids with special needs. Oh, no. I'm going to launch a business Never. around sign language. No, no. And I didn't know sign language 20 years ago. Yeah. And so tell, tell me how, like, what led you to, I have a, a deaf child, mm-hmm. children with special needs to, you know what, there's more to it. And I can, I can be impacting more people and create this business? Well, I think, so some of, I I think the rare jewel entrepreneurs are moms. Honestly, they're stay at home moms. Like you are dealing with it on the front lines every single day. And I know for me, there were countless times that I would say, I wish somebody would, and then fill in the blanks. I wish somebody would invent. I wish somebody would solve. I wish somebody would fix. I wish somebody would create whatever it was I wished at that moment. And we often go around not realizing those are your million dollar ideas. That's the opportunity. Right there. The thing that you say, I wish yeah. somebody would, guess who's the somebody? It's you. You are the somebody. And if you need it for your family, it's highly likely other people need it for theirs. So for me, Leah was four years old. Lucy was a baby. Um, Lucy was just like, you know, she was a baby and I would carry her around in a sling. And we were, Leah was playing soccer. We were out on the soccer field. We lived in California and four-year-olds playing soccer, like they may as well all be deaf. This is sure. right. She's the only deaf one, but come on. Call right? hurting, They're just like, cats. oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yay. A dandelion, you yeah. know, and you're like, get the ball. So the, the coach was teaming the kids up for practice and she teamed up this little boy named Bowen with Leah. And I was out there interpreting for Leah, um, interpreting what people were saying into American Sign Language. And Bowen said, I don't want to be with Leah because she can't talk and she can't hear me. He said, she can't talk, she can't understand me. And I was out there, I did not interpret that, but I thought about it. He said, I don't want to be with Leah because she can't talk and she can't understand me. And 
I realized that this little boy had just said the very thing I had been witnessing for three years. Um, When Leah was one, she was invited to places and birthdays, and it was no big deal. And even two, still, two-year-olds aren't really hanging out chatting. Yeah. By about four, it was getting weird. They started getting social. Yeah. They're supposed soci- to be social. Yeah. And she'd be at the playground and kids would come up to her and say something. And she'd turn and she'd sign to me, Mommy, what did they say? And I would sign back. And they would look at her like she had the plague and they'd back away. Now, again, he, then Bowen says, I don't want to be with Leah because she can't talk and she can't understand me. And first I was sad and then I was mad and then I was, you know, furious. And then I just stopped and thought, I wonder if there's something I can do that would make a difference for Bowen. And so not, I not necessarily your daughter. No, for Bowen. For the other kids. Yeah, what can I look? Lee is great. She yeah. was confident, she's happy, she's ha- you know, but what I wonder if there's something I can do that would make a difference for the kids around my kid that they would feel welcome, safe, and they could connect with her. I love that idea. So I don't know why, that's just the view I took and I knew that he went to this co-op preschool at this same park. Leah went to a deaf preschool. So I actually called the co-op preschool the following Monday and said, hi, um, my name is Rachel Coleman, and I was just wondering if I could come in and do a sign language story time once a week or something with your preschoolers. And they said, we would love that. Can we pay you? And I'm like, I'm not qualified. I'm just, I have no, you should not pay me probably. But they're like, no, we have parents come in all the time. We'll pay you. So I just went in every week and did brown bear, brown bear. What do you see? Different stories with the kids and taught them. And you're signing it. Yeah, taught them sign language. And by their graduation, by their preschool graduation, they sang and signed a song as part of their graduation. But here's the really cool thing. I'd only gone in one week. And this was kind of my laboratory. It was my experiment to see what could make a difference here. So the next Saturday, we're at soccer, and I see Bowen's car pull up, and I see him hop out, and he comes running down the field, and he plants himself. Just Come on, Bowen. Right in front of Leah, and he signs, friend, oh, man. play, ball. That make your heart explode? Three signs, okay? Three signs. And I was like, yes, yes. He's not fluent. He got three signs, and three signs gave him more courage than I had in high school, right? It gave him, ooh, I can do this, three signs. And I thought, I, I can do this. I can go to every preschool in the valley, and when she's in kindergarten, I'll go to all the you know typical kindergartens and teach all the kids sign language, and then in first grade, and if we move, and I'll carry Lucy with me, you know, I just figured this is what I do. So your mind's like going I can do this. I a can million do this. miles a minute because yeah. you saw this happen. Like I can go teach people sign language in our community so they're not afraid of my kid or so that they can connect and relate to her. Fortunately, it was that week that my sister Emily called me and said, hey, do you want to make a video for kids about music? And I said, no, I want to make a video for kids about sign language. And so she and I created Signing Time, and it stars Leah um, and my sister's son, Alex. So the song is Signing Time with Alex and Leah, come and play. And come and play is in there. If all you watch is the theme song, you at least get come and play, which creates that bridge for communication for children. How many people have you impacted over the last 18 years? We have sold over $40 million worth of signing time in 18 wow. years. Wow. Uh, we've been on PBS. I was nominated for an Emmy Award as an outstanding performer in a children's series in 2008. We've been on Nick Jr. We've been on Netflix. I don't... I Millions. Don't, I don't know how many. Millions, I can't, though. I, I don't know. I can't do you ever? Do you ever look back and say... In order for me to make the impact, I had to go through this hard thing. Oh, 
Absolutely. I had, when I thought how my life would go, it lacked all imagination. Like I thought, okay, I'm going to grow up and get married and have a couple kids and a dog and a white picket fence and I'll be a soccer mom. You know, and I probably would be pretty depressed and pretty unhappy and unfulfilled in life. Never, ever, ever could I have thought, you know, I'm going to place the the typical, the perfect one for adoption. And then, you know what I'm going to do? Four years later, I'll have a deaf <laughs> one and I'll have to learn a new language for my kid. And then just to top it off, I'll have one that can't ever walk or roll over or sit up on her own. And we will take full care of this amazing human being who's, you know, so bright and so brilliant in her brain. And and we'll just we'll just change change the world everywhere we go. I mean, like never, ever, ever, ever could I have imagined this life. So, so my good friend is Sid Smith. He's a double amputee. He, mm-hmm. cho- he opted for double amputation with the, because he had a degenerative disease. Uh, and I asked him this and I, and, and I want to ask you okay. if you could go back and have it differently, would you? Well, we can't. No, you know, I mean, we can't go back. And if I could, would I do it differently? Absolutely not. I've played the game. Like if you think about just with deafness, the mm-hmm. number, the connections and the friends and the people that we met, even without signing time, just having a deaf child and then just having a child with spina bifida, the families and the doctors and the places that we've been able to go and see and experience, you, you, when you, you know, erase that from your chalkboard of life, it's just, it's amazing what you lose. It's amazing what you would lose if you could just go, you know, I wish that hadn't happened. Um, I never wish it hadn't happened. I'm always, I'm always looking for, always looking at the stuff that I make up. Like if, if I think, oh, I'd love to, but I can't because of our family circumstances. Like I thought, man, I'd love to take the girls to Europe, but how on earth do we do that? Right. With a wheelchair. So when I have those thoughts, I prove myself wrong. When I limit, when I have a limiting belief, a limiting thought, like we can't do that because of the girl's disabilities, then I go, oh, shoot, guess you better do it. And so we went to Europe for three weeks. We went to Ireland and we were in London and we went to Paris and, and it was amazing. But you know, oh, how are we going to do, how would we do the beach with a wheelchair? Well, let's find out, Rachel. And so that's sort of one of the games that we play is if I limit myself, I will prove myself wrong. Yeah, it almost seems like now, you know, in the last eight years, like you say, when you've when you've had that change of, yeah. of perspective, now it's it's more doing instead of dwelling on the fact of what you yeah. can't do. Yeah, yeah, it's impactful. Well, yeah, and you know, a lot of times people just you get stuck feeling sorry or feeling bad or wishing it was a different way. And like I said, for a long time, I was like, man, I wish Lucy could walk. It would just things would be so much easier if Lucy could walk. And there's like a life coach. Her name is Byron Katie, and she there's a quote that my sister told me at the time that I was just like, oh my gosh. Byron Katie says, when you argue with reality, you lose, but only one hundred percent of the time. <laughs> <laughs> And, and it came, that quote came to me at such a perfect time. I heard it because I was like, I just wish Lucy could walk. But it's, I was arguing with reality and I was losing 100% of the time. And I realized I'm about, like, I'm on a path to waste two perfectly good lives, hers and mine, wishing it was some way that it's not wishing her life and her circumstances and my life and my circumstances were we're some other version in a parallel universe that doesn't exist. And I'm going to waste my life and hers. If you can just own it. Yeah, that's what happened. Leah's perspective. Leah's deaf. She's always been deaf and she always will be deaf and there's nothing wrong with it. It's what it is. Then you can be powerful. 
Lucy has spina bifida. Oh, look, she also has cerebral palsy. She always has. She always will. And there's nothing to resist about it. Then you can go, all right, what can we do? What difference can I make? Europe, three weeks. Exactly. Right? I mean, you, you start oh, planning. Lucy and I went to Hawaii for a month. She, everyone was there 11 days, my husband, Leah, and Lucy and I, and they went home and she and I stayed for a full 30 days. And that was just the two of us. So I'm lifting and I'm wheelchairing and I'm beaching and I'm swimming, pooling and all of that. And there was not a moment that I said, this is hard. It was like, we are so blessed. We are so fortunate. Like who gets to do this? So does your husband, does he work on this business as well he with does. you? Is this a family yeah. business now? He graduated in parks, rec, and tourism when we when we were first married. And then when signing time started to take off and we had these release deadlines and things like that, Emily, my sister, and I were frustrated because we felt like we need an editor who will just stay here till it's done. You can't just <laughs> say it's five o'clock and I'm going home. like. Yeah. We could finish it tonight. We need who could push all the way through. And so he started shadowing editors and learning the business. And this was probably 2006, probably okay. about the time he started jumping about six in. Six years in. Yeah. Roughly. Okay. Yeah. And so he's a DP, he, a director of photography. He's an editor. He is like my go to cameraman. I'll tell you, there's nobody better than your spouse to be your cameraman. Because he's going to make darn sure I like how I look or he's going to hear about it for a long time. So it works. You know, it works really well. So do you well. have other employees then that are oh, part yeah. of this? How many employees do you have? Um, so my dad works for our business. I, uh, I have a, a br- two brothers that work for our business. There's probably, I mean, it's not all family. There's nine kids in my family and okay. everybody's musical and creative. So it works to pull people in. But we probably have... 16 employees. We have editors and producers. We have YouTube channels like yeah. that aren't even related to signing time. People don't know that it's us, but we've got about at least eight different YouTube channels creating children's media. Like I said, we're always creating new shows and um, launched. That's this, incredible. This, yeah, it's crazy. You've got this media company now. Oh, we also have, impactful. we have, so after just a few years, people were saying, we, you know, we tell everyone about signing time. Can we sell your product? And so we've got I don't even know, 800 signing time um, academy instructors around the world who teach signing time classes and deliver those products. You know, they get to be me, the Rachel Coleman for their community and teach families how to communicate. That's great brand exposure. Oh, of course. Yeah. And and people were like, please, like we had people selling VHSs out of their trunks. Not even kidding. Just like, please, I just give me some to sell because I tell everybody about it anyway. And so we set up a system so they could actually sign up and be trained and become instructors and teach mommy and me or daddy and me classes in their own communities. That is incredible. Yeah. You have a fascinating story. <laughs> it really is. And it's not over yet. Like it's still, I still, I'm just like, how does this thing end? Like, how does it end? It really well, what is do you fascinating. Think, what do you think the future, what do you think the next 18 years looks like? Oh my goodness. I can't even say. Well, so some of, you know, some resolution that occurred is the daughter that I placed for adoption. She actually found us when she was 18 years old. And um, she actually lives with us right now. She's 26. She just went through a divorce and moved in with us. And she's working at our studio as well as a producer and creator. She's a singer, songwriter, plays guitar, piano, dancer. Yeah. So that's awesome. Like that healed my heart so much just from that. Closure. Yeah. Just completion. Like I know where she is and I know she had a great life and she loves us. And, you know, she has 
lots and lots of families who love her, and there's nothing wrong with that, you know? In February, I was hired as the executive director of a national nonprofit. It's called the American Society for Deaf Children, and it's a it's a 51-year-old organization, and they hired me to be the executive director, so I get to be the voice for deaf children in this country. It's a huge how honor. Many, how many deaf children are there in the United States? Do you know? You know, I, I don't know. I know one in 1,000 children are born profoundly deaf. And I know that this is this statistic is wild to me. 92% of deaf babies are born to hearing parents. They're born to hearing parents. Wow. Who and they don't, don't know why. They don't know, they don't know American Sign Language. So you have a baby and you imagine having a baby born to you and their first language isn't yours. Yeah, you can't. You, isn't yours. And it'll never be yours. Yeah, yeah. and it, that just doesn't happen. I try to tell people, I'm like, imagine you have a baby and they say, for your baby to be successful, they have to learn Mandarin Chinese first. But Whoa. then they can learn English. And people are like, "That's wild. I said, what would you do? And everyone says, oh, well, I would go learn Mandarin Chinese. But statistically, that is not what parents of deaf children do. They don't go learn American Sign Language. They want their child to learn to speak English. But they can't hear English. They don't know English. That's another one of my... You know, as far as mentoring families who have deaf children, really helping them understand. So, what would you recommend? Um, like, like myself, I don't speak sign language. Yeah. I don't. I don't do yeah, sign you don't language. Sign. Uh, is that what it is? I don't sign. Yeah, I don't sign. Um, I don't, or I don't know American Sign Language. Okay. Or, yeah. What? Uh, let's say I wanted to learn the basics, and where would I go? Well, if you have kids, which you do, mm-hmm. you would start watching Signing Time with them because okay. your your kid, your six year old and nine year old are gonna love it. By the way, they'll just be like. Because kids love music and they love finger plays. Everyone loves Eensy Weensy Spider. But I'm giving you American Sign Language and song together. So you get to take it with you. The other thing with signing time, it's one of the few times you actually watch your child acquire a new skill. You watch them learn. They're watching the show and they're signing and they didn't know how to sign before. And when the show's over, they know 18 to 30 signs. It's awesome. That is wild. Yeah. So start there. And then, of course, because I've been doing this 18 years, enough people said it would really be great if you had a curriculum online for families or for adults. And so we did launch, I have launched uh, three years ago, a program that is called Sign It, Sign It. ASL made easy, but if you go to signit.com, you'll see the program there. And we've made it really affordable for people to just hop online and learn at their own pace. Do you have it's, an app? Uh, yep. There's a okay. Signit ASL app as well. It's $10 per lesson. And the lessons are like 90 minutes and include tests. And we have the top American sign language performers and storytellers in the country and they come in and create these lessons. So Signit um, is through the Signing Time Foundation, which is a nonprofit. So we have for-profit, nonprofit, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. But um, it's a it's a two and a half million dollar project and it will at completion have 50 lessons in American Sign Language. Right now it is live with 15. We just filmed five more. So um, within a few months, you'll have 20 lessons available. But we make it available free of charge for families who have a child with any level of hearing loss. They can be deaf in one ear or have a mild you know, deafness. Um, if their child is 36 months or under in the U.S., we give them full access at absolutely no charge because it's so important for families to learn to sign with their deaf babies. That is a huge impact. Yeah. Huge impact. Yeah. I I am blown away by this story. <laughs> like, I want to go, I'm thinking my six and nine-year-old are going to love this. They're going to love it. 
They are. They're going to let, it's so much fun. And also, you know, it's, I always say it's the super learning tool because it's visual, yeah, it's, it's visual. tactile, it's kinesthetic, it's three dimensional, it's spatial. I mean, there's so many aspects of it. We always use sign language for, um, for spelling words because instead of just trying to remember the word, you see it on your yeah. fingers as they, and there's a pattern. So there's so much of it that really works for your long term memory and, and learning. Um, it's also for classroom management. Teachers can have the kids line up without saying a word. They can ask them to pay attention without saying a word. Kids can yeah, ask to go more? to the bathroom. You got more. more. Yeah, yeah. We, so we always more. taught, taught fingertips our infants, together. Yeah, our yeah. infants instead of saying more, 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 we like yeah. we taught them this, and exactly. that was basically the extent. But yeah. now I'm like going through my head. I want to teach my kids. Well, imagine, how to imagine your two-year-old. Sign with a thousand signs, your two-year-olds, you know, or one-year-olds know more, but I have taught and have seen two-year-olds who have over 1000 signs. They can tell you things. We, we think, oh, our kids, they don't really know until we don't really give them the credit until they talk, until they verbalize it. We really don't. And with sign language, you realize they are in there very early. I've seen nine month old babies signing milk or more. And they're in there and they know what they want. Our fine motor skills are just developed so much earlier than everything it takes to speak. And so we are giving such early communication to these little ones and empowering them to communicate with their caregivers and in their lives. Rachel, I want to have you come on again. Okay. But I have one last question. I, I, want okay. to have, I have one last question. <laughs> yeah. And that is, what is Leah doing now? Leah is a senior in college. She lives in Rochester, New York. And she goes to the Rochester Institute of Technology. Her major is industrial design. She's a RA in the dorms. She has a service dog that's a hearing dog named Robin. And Robin alerts Leah of sounds that she has missed. Like if I say, hey, Leah, and Leah doesn't react, Robin will take her little nose and punch her nose into Leah's thigh. Leah turns to Robin and signs what? And Robin will lead her straight to me. Like, no oh, way. what? Your mom called your name. Yeah, it's the coolest thing no ever. No way. How long has Robin been part of her life? Uh, she got Robin not last summer, but the summer before. So Incredible. Yeah. And Robin lives in the dorms with her, flies on airplanes, goes, you know, rental cars, has full access. Uh, Leah got a cochlear implant, so surgical implant when she was mm-hmm. seven years old to help her hear. Prior to that, she didn't even use hearing aids. They weren't helpful at all. And so when she was seven, she said... I want to be able to hear like I want if I can develop my speech and my listening skills so I can talk to people and understand people who are talking to me. I would love that. And so at age seven, she made the choice to have that surgery. And it it really has given her so much. It's given her the ability to hear much more than she had. But she always says, you know, I'm always deaf. I can hear some things, but I will always be deaf. And so she is able to um, she's able to move really really well seamlessly between both worlds. She's fluent in American Sign Language and comfortable in a deaf culture and deaf community. Her school has over 2,000 deaf students on campus. So they have interpreters and live captioning and notes they can download afterward after each each class. So it's really set up. The dorms have flashing lights when you ring the doorbell. It's a really safe is that a per- environment. Is that a, is that a common university for deaf yes. individuals? Okay. Yeah. So Gallaudet is one that's in Washington, D.C. And then RIT, um, the Rochester Institute of Technology. On campus, they have NTID, which is the National Technical Institute for the Deaf. And that is why they have so many resources for deaf okay. students. So she left Utah, flew. She'd never seen the campus, 
left Salt Lake City, Utah, flew sight unseen to Rochester, New York, and was like, yep, this is what I'm doing. She's a brave, a brave kid. Good for her, and yeah. so are you and your family. This is this has <laughs> I'm been a incredible. Brave kid. <laughs> this is this is incredible. I'd I'd love to have you on again. I'd love to come back. So I appreciate you taking the time. This is Rachel Coleman. She's the creator and host of Signing Time. Uh, you're an entrepreneur. Yeah. You're a creator. You're a fighter. <laughs> um, and you have an incredible story. I hope uh, I hope you'll come back on. Sure will. Thank you. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. This is Shake the Earth Podcast. Rachel Coleman. She is definitely an earth shaker. Uh, If you like what you're hearing, check us out on iTunes. Leave us a review. You can also catch us on Google Play. Go out and shake the earth.